The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Another day, another set of starting pitcher disasters. More prospects getting called up and sent down, including one surprising send down. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Jeff Erickson here with Fred Zinke, the man in front of the doorknob. Uh, thanks, as always, to our sponsors, Rival Fantasy and Vivid Seats, for uh, joining us, as always, for our podcast and sponsoring us. A uh, lot to talk about today. We had a lot of uh, a lot of starting pitching disasters yesterday, one big injury, some uh, prospect news as well. Fred, how's it going? I'm good. This is, yeah, this has been a wild last 24 hours in fantasy baseball with some of the performances. And like you said, some of the demotions uh, that have really caught my eye today. Yeah. Let, let's start right there on the, on that, on the news, because I think that's, that's actually pretty big. The one that obviously I think catches a lot of people's eye. It's been a topic on Twitter right now is the race sending down Taj Bradley. Yeah, I did not see that coming. Like, so I'll be interested. I'll be honest when, um, I didn't get any Bradley. I regret that. I still regret it, I think. But my concern yeah. was I wasn't so sure about Yeah. Sorry, I what his role would be going forward. Um yeah. and now I now I don't know. Now I I'm worried that you know that he's not going to make I thought he I thought he had pitched so well that he that he had was over the hump, so to speak. So and, I don't think this is merit based at all. Oh no, um, definitely not. Yeah, I think the the excuse given was they wanted to get him transition from being on a six day rotation to a five day rotation. Mm-hmm. You buy that? No, not really. Um, I don't. Not not for not, a second. Not really. Yeah. So uh, there might be. I mean, seriously, the the Rays. I I can't question their acumen. I can't question that at all. I can question their motives uh, in terms, and I really do think that this is probably has to do with some service time uh, issues. Uh, I mean, there may be a, a skill reason, an actual baseball reason there. It may be to acclimate, but they can do that at the big league level. Um, They don't have an off day. He was not, he was scheduled to pitch again on, I believe Saturday. Uh, You know, they're not off until next week. Um, So I, I don't take it at face value here. I think there's something else going on. And it's most likely service time manipulation. You would have to think at this point in time. Um, I think we'll be back in short order. 
But you know, when it, it's going to get complicated when Tyler Glass now comes back. Yeah, I'm not too worried. I don't know. I just feel like with the Springs injury, yeah, Glass now will be back eventually. When he's back, like who knows if he can stay healthy? I don't know. I kind of feel like. Uh, like now that with springs out for the year that they'll just will be opportunities for Bradley by the time glass now comes back, someone else will be hurt. That whole thing. For example, right now on fan graphs, um, the Rays are listed as having three starting pitchers. So that's a problem. <laughs> McClanahan, yeah. Eflin and Rasmussen. So uh, I feel like there's room for Bradley. I don't know. I just felt like Bradley was over the hump. Like I said, I was really regretting this morning. I was really regretting um, not, not, paying the premium to add him I thought yeah yeah it makes so much sense good pitcher really good team good home park it's April still and he's already up like this is a chance for him to be like a legit like even like a maybe even a number two mixed league starter this season and right. you get him off the waiver wire I really screwed this up I still feel like I screwed it up but I think this could be a sign of things to come I don't think this I think this could be like not the last time that he gets sent down this year or even close to it. Maybe. I think he, I kind of thought like this might've been it for good. Uh, and maybe next time will be for good. I, I, I just don't think it's, I, I mean, I, he did give up a couple homers yesterday for really picking nits, but yeah. no, there's no um, way it's not performance based. It's either, like you said, it's either service time manipulation, innings pitch manipulation, or it's, um, or it is, yeah, or we take the raise at face value. Yeah. So I, I don't know about that. The last one. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, it's frustrating. It's really frustrating. So I think that, you know, the next part is say you did get them like I did in AL tout wars. What do you do? I mean, do you hold on? 100%. Uh, what yeah. about if it, in a mixed league format there and you've got other injuries in an NFBC style format there where you don't have IL spots. So you have like three or four other injuries. I had a uh, reader, on my timeline uh, that was in that uh, situation there. And Tanner Bybee's getting the call for the uh, guardians. Mm -hmm. He wants to pick, he wants to drop Bradley to pick up Bybee. I mean, I think you're going to, I I do think you're going to, you know, you know, regret that because he's going to get called up. I would say in two weeks, could be three weeks and there'll be big bids on him again. So I I would say, I would say he's probably a hole, but it's tough going through like having eight active pitchers too. Yeah, I think he has to be a hold. I think even in an FBC league, like I, they're just pitchers I would cut. Okay, so let's say this. You have Robbie Ray on your – I think he's being held in every NFBC league. Mm-hmm. Who's who, who's coming back? Who's going to help you first? Bradley. Bradley's going to be back up before Robbie Ray gets back. What's the latest on Robbie Ray? I actually don't still, know. That. He's still not – I don't even think he's throwing. Like I think he's a month away at uh, least. That's not great. So Ugh. So he – but he's being held, and I get it. He was like a seventh-round pick. So, and pitching is hard to come by. So he's being held. I think I would, for example, I think I would cut Robbie Ray before I cut Bradley. I think Bradley will throw just as many innings in the majors as Ray from this point forward. And he's on a better team and he's been a really good pitcher. He could throw a lot more innings than Ray too. Like Ray's capped. Ray's not coming back until June. Uh, Bradley could be back in two weeks and he could stay. I don't think he will. I think, I think there's going to be more games with Bradley, but there could even be a week, at least this week you got a start and a win out of them before. This yeah. Week. True. True. You've gotten two, two, two wins from him. Three, actually he's, he's going to win in all three starts, right? If you've somehow yeah. had him for all three. 
Yeah, Tristan McKenzie's another example. Like he's on the 60 day, but he's being held in pretty much every league. Um, he won't be back for another month at least. So again, I think you could get more innings out of Bradley or at least the same amount as you could get out of McKenzie. Bradley's pitched really well. His team's really good. I don't know. I just think, I think Bradley's a must hold. If someone dropped him in one of my leagues, I would be all over him the next week. Yeah. I mean, this is the second time they've sent him down after the, like the day after a start. It's, it's really annoying. Um, at least you get the start. At least you'd, you know, you don't get the send down on Tuesday without him actually playing. So, I mean, it could be worse, I suppose. There, there's going to be scenarios now that he's down. It won't be next week. I guess it'll be the following week where depending on how transparent the rays are, you know, fantasy managers are going to be sitting there on Monday thinking, is he, is he coming back this week? You know, he's eligible to come back. There's the other thing is, is right. Is they can bring him back if another pitcher goes on the IL. So, right. So Um, the question from Forrest is, 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 aren't there limits to doing that uh, and sending him down? Um, and I it's believe- like five times, yeah, it's like right. four or five times for the yeah. year. So they're nowhere yeah. close to it right now. Yeah. But, but it, at least there's limits, at least it can't be 10 or 12 times or something like that. It used to be, you used to be able to do it as many times as you wanted. Um, mm-hmm. but again, so we assume he's down for the minimum amount of time, but he, he may not be, they could put another pitcher on the IL in a week and call him back up or in six days. So call him back if up. it's service time manipulation, I think he'll be going longer. Right. Um, because the same, I mean, it's the same rules apply in terms of what what qualifies in terms of service time. So mm-hmm. I, I actually think it'll be a couple of weeks. I mean, they got Eflin back already, right? So yeah. that that's one less guy that the that they have to worry about, uh, you know, or that they have to fill, I should say. Um, but I, I'm trying to look ahead here. I mean, they've got Fosher Foucher yeah. uh, pitching tomorrow. Now I I know they're trying to stretch him out. I know they they made a comment about that. And when they made this, they made the move today. Like they relayed a Mark Tompkin, a Topkin uh, from the, I think it was the Saint, uh, Tampa, uh, Saint Tampa Bay Times or Saint Petersburg Times. I forget which uh, newspaper, and I apologize for that. But uh, that, oh, that means more opportunities for Fleming and Chirinos. And do you, I don't think that face value either. I mean, those two will probably piggyback on top of each other there a little bit. I don't know. We could still see Bradley next week. You know, against the Yankees, yeah. it might just be as as quick as that. But at least I mean, we know for at least one start, we're not going to get Bradley. Yeah, I mean, Chirinos or Chirinos is, uh, you know, like he he's actually been a pretty good pitcher in the majors. Like he's had more innings starting than relieving. His career ERA is three forty one. His career WHIP's one twelve. Like he might be able to hold his own as a starter. We'll see. But those that those are his career ratios: three forty one and one twelve. Those are really good over 250 and two thirds career innings. He hasn't pitched much the last few years. He's been hurt a lot, but before that, when he was healthy, like he was reasonably effective. So uh, I was just going to say those innings occurred in 2019. Yeah. Which actually was a very hard year to pitch. Uh (laughs) And he was primarily a starter and it's not like the Rays have forgotten how to handle pitchers. So I mean, he, he might actually be fine for them. This is the other thing with the Rays is they do manage to figure out a way you know, to have good pitching without, uh, you know, without having to, to go to great lengths to make it happen. They seem to know what they're doing. And I will also say that the Rays, they are already with the expanded playoffs and their incredibly hot start. They're a little bit like a great NBA team that's like can already start planning to make the playoffs. Like start like, doing some load management already. Uh, maybe a little bit. I mean, I'm sure that they want to win the division. That's the thing. They they'll want to win the division because that is really advantageous, and that's one of the reasons why I like the um, the MLB 
playoff setup now is it does it's almost tiered. You want to make the playoffs, but then you also want to make, win your division, but then you also want to be among the top teams that win their division. There are advantages to each little step up the, the ladder. But right. either way, like they've already got a four and a half game lead on the Orioles. And we, I don't think either one of us thinks that the Orioles are necessarily the team that's going to finish second in the ALE. So, but they could. Six, they could. But they've got a six-game lead on the Jays and a seven-game lead on the Yankees and an eight-and-a-half-game lead on the Red Sox. I, it's April. I'm not saying they have things put away. But they can probably do whatever they think is smart long-term with their pitching staff, knowing that they're going to be a playoff team and they have a decent chance to win the division. True, true. All yeah. that is true. Yeah. All right, let's talk uh, other demotions. The, the Arizona Diamondbacks have been busy. Jake McCarthy got sent down. Uh, Madison Bumgarner is gone. Dre Jameson just got sent down. Brandon Fott's coming up soon, right? Uh, I would to. think so. Yeah, I would think so. And yeah, he, he you know, Tommy a... Henry pitched yesterday, but eh, he was okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, three earned and I think if a short of five innings, eight base runners. Yeah, I'm, 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 he was never a big prospect anyhow. Fott's the guy we're looking at. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. In leagues where Fott remains available, I guess we'll see if he gets up this week. If he does get up this week, he's going to be very, very popular. He will be as popular as Bradley was, I think. And more. Now, I don't think it happens. Maybe. You might be right. Bradley was pretty popular in Fab. He went. Fott was really big in drafts. Remember that. It's true. He had his partisans there. Uh, But here's the Diamondbacks schedule, though. They are off Thursday, Monday, Thursday. In fact, they play only one Thursday in the entire month of April. So, or in the entire month of May, I was listening to the Diamondbacks radio broadcast. They're getting like these consecutive Thursdays off. It, it's wild. Um, so, you know, it, it's something to watch for there a little bit. So, and they're at Coors Field this weekend. You don't want them in Coors Field anyhow. He's, You're he, I think he's not coming up. This, that. Yeah, I think he's not coming up this week, actually. Like when you look yeah. at their schedule, I don't think, I. it doesn't seem like they really need to bring them up this week. Well, they definitely don't need to. Um, so unless they really want to bring them up, they can leave them down in the minors a little while longer. And with the, yeah, like you said, with the Thursday, Monday, Thursday off, he may not be up next week either. They could slow play right. this all the way to maybe he gets up next weekend late, but maybe he just gets up early the following week. Right. They've got, they've got a nice homestand. That'd be a nice way to bring them up. Like they've got a homestand where it starts, it goes Nats, Marlins, Giants. You get them a couple starts in that homestand. Um, and then anyone who makes a couple starts at homestand is going to have a start after that homestand again on the road, either against the A's or pirates. So that's not a bad, bad way to bring, bring them up. So I could see them waiting. I, like I said, I could see them coming up late next week, like may like six, seven or right. early the following week, like may like eight or nine. That's, that's kind of, if I was the bet right now, I bet like may eight or nine. Yeah. They don't need a fifth starter until then. Yeah. So, um, yeah. and yeah, it, they may, they may decide that, okay. We need him ahead of Tom, you know, ahead of uh, Tommy Henry, uh, ahead of Maybe. Ryan Nelson. I mean, th- that's the problem about the Dimebacks is that they're good, but their their rotation is too deep. It's Gallon and Kelly right now, you know, Jam- with Jameson getting sent down. Mm-hmm. Ryan Nelson's been just okay. Henry yeah. is just a guy. Um, Davies is on the IL and he's just a guy anyhow too. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, they've got so much good young talent, but that's what's going to hold them back. I think is. The pitching and, and, and the relief pitching isn't that much better either. Andrew Chafin had to go in an inning and two thirds yesterday to finish out that game through like 35 pitches. He's not going to pitch today. I'd, if you're in a daily league, you know, see if Miguel Castro is available. Maybe you'll get a save against the Royals tonight. Yeah, you're right. I mean, their bullpen's definitely 
okay at best when you look at the talent in it. Chafin's been great for them. That's awesome. But they need a lot more than that. They're winning the West right now, but it's a cluster, right? There's six games separating first and last. I mean, the Rockies right. are already kind of out of it. Let's be serious. But but just no, just the, the Dodgers and the Potteries haven't really gotten hot yet. Um, even the Giants can probably be a little better than they've been right now. I think eventually the Dodgers will run away with it or the Padres, but whatever. Arizona's hanging around in a position where if they keep playing like this above 500 baseball, they can stay in the wild card race all the way to September. Man, just look out for the Dodgers. Their string of paternity absences is about ended. So, yeah, yeah. (laughs) it's wild. I think eventually the Dodgers will have a month where they just win whatever 20 games or something like that and pull away but either way arizona is starting to turn the corner in their rebuild they're not a bad team you're right getting fought up eventually but i think they'll wait and i think he comes up like i said maybe around may 8th or 9th and then maybe he's up to stay because they do their biggest need well they need the bullpen but their biggest need probably right now is to deepen that rotation yep uh as for the outfield mccarthy's out um, so that means Lourdes Gurriel and Paven Smith can both play now, basically, is the way this works out because Kyle Lewis is still out too. So, you know, Alec Thomas and Corbin Carroll are going to play, although Thomas is kind of struggling at the plate, but he's so good defensively in center. I think that's the difference, the separator there. Um, yeah, but McCarthy and McCarthy got sent down. I guess that puts Thomas actually on notice a little bit that he could be next if McCarthy gets his game back together. Yeah. So, okay. So let's talk McCarthy for a minute because I think that fantasy managers are going to have some tough decisions with him. Um, is he an, is he an obvious drop? <sighs> We're mean, talking about someone who was picked in like round like eight or so, a 15 team. Yeah. Leagues. Top 150 player. Easily. Sure. Yeah. So top 120 probably in a lot of leagues. So I'm, I'm thinking already McCarthy could be this year's biggest Uh, Maybe he won't be the biggest. Someone will be bigger. But right now he looks like a candidate to be the biggest non-injury related draft bust. We're talking like an eighth round pick who gets sent down in April. Like if they leave him down, like if if he goes down for two weeks and they watch him hit 375 in AAA and then they bring him back and they just really send him down to just kind of get out of his funk, then – so that's why, like, I have him in a league, and I'm, I'm not just asking for a friend. Like, I right, I I'm hear not, you. I'm debating. Like, he does have a lot of upside. Like last year, 23 steals and 321 at bats, with a little bit of pop. Um, but he he was awful this year. I feel like, uh, would you keep him or Taj Bradley? I would keep Taj Bradley. I think I'd keep Taj Bradley too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Bradley don't was want, playing well and I mean, performing. I don't want well. to cut McCarthy. I feel like the answer may be that I have to. Yeah. I mean, and remember, no one was like touting McCarthy going into last season either. Nope. He, he nope. really wasn't like, you know, Bradley had this pedigree. Bradley had like some excitement there. So I think that's a little bit different there. Um, was he just, a it, it sucks to say year? that it, it really sucks to admit defeat, take the L, but I think you need to take the L here. Um, if you need the spot, I think, I think you have to cut them. I, I, you know, I think, you know, I wouldn't want to give, I wouldn't want to cut somebody else that I feel like it could help me right now just to keep them, just to stash them. I don't think this is a, a situation where he's just on the edge of being able to help us because he has to, two things have to happen. One, he has to start hitting even, even at AAA, he has to start tearing it up and kind of bang down that door. And two, the Diamondbacks have to call him up. And three, then he has to have a f- clear spot to play. I don't, you know, yeah. I. he had a heater last year. He won people leagues. It, I get it. It's tough. 
you know, I, I, you feel a sense of loyalty, but I think he's kind of a cut. Uh, you know, I, I, you really have to have like plenty of other drops, injury guys, uh, things of that nature. Um, or, you know, a pretty deep bench, all these things you need to have to be able to keep them. Yeah, I know. It's a, and he also, he, he's such a good fit for them if he's hitting, because I think he's a, like, could be a good leadoff man for them. I don't know. They, they have Josh Rojas hitting a leadoff right now. I think when McCarthy's playing well, he's a better player. I, I think you're right. His ADP in the main event was 104. So not only was it top 150, but in the main, which actually is a format that kind of punishes hitters because the pitchers tend to go even earlier. Um, mm-hmm. He almost cracked the top 100 on ADP picked one pick ahead of on ADP of Xander Bogarts, for example, like that was a really rich pick uh, as a hitter picked ahead of Nathaniel Lowe, Christian Yelich, Jeremy Pena, like Jordan Walker. Um, that is a big, big bust. And like I said, I have them on one team. That's quite important to me. Only one, but it's an important one. Uh, I'm, I'm debating. I'm going to see, I'll see where things I'm not cutting him. How about this? I'm not cutting him. I think on Sunday, just to cut him, like just for anyone. That I'll, I'll agree with. I think I'll cut him. Like, like for example, the team where I have him, I have Mitch Hanniger and um, Jose Siri. So I just got two outfielders back who I was holding on my bench. So maybe I have enough depth right now. We'll see how the week goes that I could hold him. Like, I don't think I cut him just for anyone who's, who's playing just to have another bench guy going into the week. I think if that's the case, I think I hold him for a week because you just never, you never know. And his upside so tremendous. Um, yeah. But I'm not like I said. I would, I would stash Taj Bradley before him. How about this one? Would you stash McCarthy or Bailey over? Oh, because I, I have Bailey over in places that I have stashed him all along, and then Probably didn't have like- him on my active roster last week in labor, where I desperately need pitching <laughs> help because I have no idea that he was going to get the start. You're not going to get his next start probably either. Because no, I won't. Probably and that's come the, in the frustrating the thing. Um, probably a better odds that a pitcher gets hurt in the twins rotation than that an outfielder gets hurt on Arizona or on Arizona. Like probably if I'm just playing yeah. like betting odds um, and oh. once Ober's up, he's up, like, he's in like, he's a starter. Yeah. Whereas McCarthy, like you said, has to come up and fight for playing time. I debated, I, I'm looking at uh, the main event where I have McCarthy and I got him at 7.14. Um, I took him over Brian Reynolds who almost made it back to me in the ninth round. I'm really feeling great about that one there. Uh, let's talk Brian Reynolds. Perfect. Se- I, and I didn't do that just great for segue. a segue, but mm-hmm. hey, he got paid. Congratulations. Yeah. Big deal with the Pirates. Uh, he's going to be there for a really long time now. Uh, the, the big sticking point was the no trade clauses. Um, uh, you know, and he does not have that protection, so the Pirates can still trade him. Uh which would be really like Marlins and Jeffrey Loria esque in terms of what they would do, sign him to a long-term deal and then trade him before he gets expensive. Uh, but Hey, he, he, this is a guy that was asking for a trade in the off season. Now he's signing a long-term deal and the pirates are 16 and seven. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's a sign that he never really wanted a trade. He just wanted a contract and he had become yeah. disillusioned that the pirates were actually going to pay him something that was fair. So um, he obviously is okay with being in Pittsburgh and being part of this rebuild that seems to be turning the corner now, like their first place in their division. I don't think that's going to last, but at least they're turning the corner. Um, Yeah. He's obviously fine with being in Pittsburgh. I'm sure if he did get traded at some point, it would be to a contending team and he'd probably be able to live with that too. Uh, Yeah. Good for him. And I think, I don't know. I think the contract is, 
is good. I think it's actually a very Brian Reynolds esque contract. Brian Reynolds is a good major leaguer. Yeah. A really good major leaguer. Not a star, not even close, but he's a good major leaguer. 844 career OPS. I think that's who he is. Like that 844 is really accurate for him. Yeah. Uh, when I say, I know someone's like, well, obviously your career OPS is accurate, but I just mean he's pretty consistent from year to year in that department. It always kind of fluctuates somewhere in the 800s in one year where it got to 912. But yeah, I think this is, he's a good major leaguer. He's probably going to finish this year. Like he finished a lot of other years, 25 homers, 28 homers, something like that. Maybe with the new steel rules, he can get to 10 or something, 10 or 11, you know, hits 280 or so. Um, yeah. And he's, he is what he is in fantasy too. Like a boring, he's that, we talked about that. He's that all boring, productive team. We both wish, actually, I think the team where I have Jake McCarthy actually took Brian Reynolds the previous round. Um, you wish you had taken Reynolds guys like Reynolds help you win your league. Yeah, absolutely. The world needs yeah. dish diggers too, for yep. sure. Absolutely. Um, and you know, he's a top right currently using our earned auction values. He's a top 10 fantasy outfielder right now. Uh, only, and that's with only three stolen bases, but he's doing something of everything. And that's what you love. Uh, yeah. I mean, he was Nick Markakis in his prime. I thinking, yeah. you know, Orioles, yep. Nick Markakis. That's what we're looking at here. Um, yeah. if I want to, if I want to be negative on Brian Reynolds, he hit all his homers by April 7th, he had a six RBI game on April 7th. Since then he has no homers and two, four, five RBIs since April 8th, but whatever, these are the ebbs and flows of a season. Yeah. Um, on April 7th, he was also hitting 448. Now he's down to 294. So he's a little cold right now. He could turn around and homer twice tonight. I think you just, with guys like Brian Reynolds, they're just like a metronome. You leave them in and the, the stats will be there at the end of the year, as long as they're healthy. I think you're right about that. Yeah. All right. We, we titled this, uh, this episode about starting pitcher disasters of which there were plenty last night. We're going to hit them up, but first quick note from our sponsors. A new MLB season means it's time for a new kind of fancy daily base, daily fantasy baseball. Rival Fantasy is the fantasy platform reinventing the way daily and weekly games are played, and they brought new games to the ballpark this year that fantasy players won't find anywhere else. Rival Fantasy's games include Fantasy Bingo, Head-to-Head Player Challenges, and Fantasy Book, where users can select over-unders for two to five players. With games like this, daily fantasy has never been better. You listen to the Friday podcast. Todd Zola has been playing this game. He can tell you more about it. Um, right now, RotoWire listeners can get a fifty dollars protected first play. That means if you win your first play, you keep your winnings. But if you lose your first entry, Rival Fantasy will fully refund you up to fifty bucks. Go to play.rivalfantasy.com/signup and use code RotoWireMLB at signup and deposit a minimum of twenty five dollars to get your first entry on Rival on Rival protected up to fifty dollars. Now's the time to step up to the plate and become a rival today. Welcome to the arena. This is, we're also sponsored by the good folks at Vivid Seats. Baseball is back. Swing into the MLB season with Vivid Seats and score tickets to all the hottest matchups and biggest games of the year. Every crack of the bat, every deep center fly, and every heart-pounding double play of your favorite team live and in person. Plus, with Vivid Seats rewards, now you earn rewards with every single purchase. Each ticket you buy gets you closer to your reward. Just buy 10 tickets, then simply cash in your credit towards your 11th ticket purchase. It's that easy. Pro reward tip. Buy tickets for your whole group, split the bill, and make progress towards your free 11th ticket even faster. From behind the plate to the upper deck, Vivid Seats has great tickets for all the 2023 games that matter to you. Just visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. 
See vividseats.com slash rewards for terms and conditions. Finally, we're on the Blue Wire Network. Here are their ads. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Thank you for your indulgence, uh, taking us taking care of a lot of business there. It was a disaster day on the mound. A lot of disasters out there. One guy I, I did not have to get uh, ha- hammered by uh, was Chris Sale. No strikeouts yesterday, only two swings and misses. This after an outing where he had gotten a ton of strikeouts. We're all getting excited about it. All enthusiastic. Chris Sale is back, and the Orioles got to him. Now, I, I saw afterward that he may have been tipping his pitches a little bit. Uh, and not in a like uh, they're stealing signs sort of way, but just like he the way his glove was or something of that nature. Um, and that's why he wasn't getting any swings and misses by the Orioles. So, you know, a familiar opponent can watch him a little bit more, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not full panic mode on sale after this one, because like you said, this start really stands out as very different from his other starts. Like he hasn't had this strikeout problem in his other starts, he has 30 strikeouts in 23 innings. So obviously going <laughs> five and none last night. So uh, going into last night, he had 30 strikeouts in 18 innings, uh, which is terrific. So uh, now he hasn't been effective this year. He had an ADRA going into last night. So I am like, I am worried about him, uh, but the, the lack of strikeouts, I think he only had two swinging strikes last night. That's a big problem. We'll see going forward where that goes, but I'm not full panic on sale. If I have zero shares of sale, but if I did, I would be, very much looking to bench him for his next start. Do you agree with that? But I'm not, I'm not thinking about cutting him or anything like that. So like you, I don't have any sale. And I'll, t- I'll tell you, sometimes it's hard to put myself in the shoes of others and say, would I start him? Would I bench him? Would I trade him? What would I get for him? 
I'm I'm not looking to trade for him. I'll say that much. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, he draw now. His start is home start against the Guardians. Okay. Guardians are just there. Sometimes I think that the Guardians are a team I want to avoid, and then I see Austin Gomber shutting him out last night. So I don't know. They got Gombered. Um, looking at Cleveland's uh, yeah. K percentage, they, they don't strike out. That is one thing. 19% strikeout rate. So that's one thing I, I you know, that would probably push me away from uh, wanting to use Chris Sale. But mm, I, I don't know. A good question from uh, James Park. Do you believe Sale's outing was contributed by to how many times the Orioles have seen him? I did think that a little bit. Yeah, I think maybe. that is possible. Yeah. Is he, they faced him, remember, early in the season, the first series of the year, too, where they hit him pretty hard. So... Is there something there? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, there might be something that they're seeing that maybe some of his subsequent opponents didn't see. You're right. If you take out the Orioles start, his ERA would look at least reasonable. Or the two Orioles starts would look at least reasonable this year. Um, yeah, the, the next start against Cleveland, like I said, in any league where I can get him out of my lineup, I will. All the weekly leagues, that's not possible. So you just cross your fingers. And I think that start will decide whether he is in lineups next week or not. I'm not that high on sale for this year. I never was. Like, I don't want to be the guy who's just where this is just confirmation bias, but it's just been a long time since we've seen sale pitch much, right? He made 11 starts from 2020 to 2022, like three years, he made 11 starts. So um, Mm -hmm. we just haven't seen much. We don't know what Chris sale is anymore compared to, to what he was when he was an ace. That's, that's where we're at. But, but I mean, he's been unlucky this year. He's got a 403 Babbitt against, yeah, like I said, I'm not panicking. I don't know, like, like I'm with you. I don't know if I would really look to acquire him in trading leagues. Uh, it would have to be a pretty, pretty good discount. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I, I would too. I'm, I'm trying to see, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with the velocity. I mean, he got K's in his last outing too, so it's that's the thing that's so weird. Um, is you know, it, it, he shouldn't just drop off the table if his stuff was that bad. Like Minnesota, though, could do anything against him. Eleven strikeouts in six innings in that game. <sighs> I don't know, man. But that's that's the one out good outing he's had all year, too. So, and he did get a win actually against Detroit, but you know it was three runs in four in five innings. It really wasn't that special. Yeah. But this is the first outing all year where the strikeouts haven't been there. At least yeah. you've gotten strikeouts in every other outing. I tend to think that's an anomaly. I think that is Oriole related. I think if I'm if I'm really hurting on K's, I go ahead and take the chance on him. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, I'm also not trading for him still. Because um, what happens when it heats up? You know, maybe he gets yep. looser. Maybe he has more control. Or maybe the ball flies even harder. He was giving up hard contact. It wasn't like this was a he was getting babbipped here. He was giving up hard contact. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, and we'll see like once he's got a few starts under his belt. Like you said, like once he gets a few starts, sorry, has a few starts. Will he kind of flow into form where we start to see better version of him? Will he fatigue? I also, this is like not statistically related, but I don't totally trust Chris sale, the person. So if like, he's been pretty erratic behaviorally the last mm-hmm. few years, if, he, if these struggles continue, how will he handle them? I think it's a good question. So, it's yeah. a fair question to raise. Like if he, if he has this ADRA for three more weeks, how will he handle it or a seven ERA or something? Um, right. He's not exactly stoic. No, he so, is not. That's and, not and his he word. doesn't always seem analytical either. Like maybe he's more analytical than I'm giving him credit for, but he does seem, I don't know. He, he can have a tantrum. 
So yeah, we'll the, the water that. coolers of the American League. No, I agree with that. <laughs> I've been put on notice. They've yeah. been put on notice. This man's ERA is over eight. The water coolers will be nervous when he takes them out next time. Exactly. Same is true with Lance Lynn. Another bad outing yesterday against the Blue Jays could have been worse, but for a Luis Robert home run saving catch uh, that started that inning off of Matt Chapman. It could have been a bigger inning than it was in that one bad inning for Lynn. Uh, mm-hmm. He's now sitting at 0-3 of the 752 ERA. Where do you fall on Lance Lynn? <sighs> Very disappointed. Um, I only have one share, Lynn. It's in our friends and family league. Um <sighs> I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I really, I kind of liked him going into draft season and I know some pretty smart people in the industry who felt like, cause he was good down the stretch last year, really good. And felt like, okay, this, well, the landslide we saw during down the stretch when he was healthy, like this is going to carry into this year. Um, I, I think he's, I, I'm less worried about Lance Lynn than Chris Sale. I would rather have Lance Lynn going forward than Chris Sale. What do you think about that? Um, I have them in AL Tout Wars. Not racing out to either one of them, but. Right. I have them in AL Tout Wars, and I'm kind of annoyed I do, because last year I rode the Lance Lynn experience, and Mm. I even cut him in Friends and Family last year, if you recall. I don't know if. um, There there was nothing about him that made me want to go get him. I just thought, I kind of was one of those, okay, I'll take the the discount. Well, this is what happens sometimes. You take that discount. Good good for you, dude. He gets the Rays next too. I mean, oh. great. And then in Cincinnati, not uh, you know, which isn't necessarily a death sentence, but I'd rather face this. I'd rather face the Reds anywhere else but Great American Ballpark. Um, uh I just, I, it's, he's he's pretty gross right now. Uh, I'm trying to look to see if like there's at least like, you know, it seems like him he, when I, I've watched a little bit of Lance Lynn, and it's always the one bad inning. The walks, the walks are a problem this year too. Yeah, like that's, walk, true. that's the big difference. His walk rates up to over ten percent. Um, he has had that happen before a couple times when he was with the Cardinals. Um, when he was with the Cardinals, he walked more batters. Then once he got to Texas, the walk rate went down. It stayed down last year or and the year before with the White Sox, but now it's back up. His strikeout rate's fine. It's twenty five point eight percent this year, which is actually a little better than his career rate. Um, like mm-hmm. you said, the walks are up. Uh, the hard contact is up. So he's getting tattooed sometimes, missing spots. Maybe he's someone, now I'm speculating, but maybe he's someone who's struggling with the pitch clock. I do think the pitch clock puts some of these pitchers under pressure in the big innings, in the bad, like the bad innings. When the That's innings right. Starts, when the inning starts going south, we talk about why pitchers are having these blowups this year, where it seems like there's just a lot of pitchers having really, really bad starts. Um, I do think the pitch clock does contribute to that. It's the game starts to get away on you and you don't have the ability to just walk around the mound for, for a minute, you know, right. Walk around the mound, wipe your brow, tie your shoe, whatever. And you have very limited breaks. You like, I know you can call time occasionally, but you have very limited breaks and you used to have more chances when the inning was getting away on you to really slow the inning down and gather yourself. Um, now it's I funny. You talked about really- that because it's also true for the hitters, right? If yeah. the pitcher is rolling. However, I'm starting to see, and this was brought to my uh, my attention in the Reds game last night with the Rangers, the tactical timeout by hitters on a two strike right. count, they'll call timeouts. It's the hitters get one timeout per at bat, right? Yeah. Yep. And the Rangers took like eight timeouts. Like Rangers hitters took like eight timeouts, and it definitely, I think, it helped them against Nick Lodolo. It throws off the pitcher's rhythm. It kind of yeah. just like it gives them a chance to reset. 
So if a pitcher is rolling, they can kind of break that up a little bit. I almost start to wonder if you're going to start to see pitchers just like almost purposely take a ball at some point in time, just to step off just the back. Uh, yep. But I also think that, but then, then I think you, the fact that we haven't seen that makes me think that, you know, falling behind one Oh is really vitally important. You know, mm-hmm. maybe when it's one and one, but you know, every, every pitch it's a battle. And this is something that's been described before. And people are talking about the length of games are like, the reason why it's taken for long is because the, every pitch has so much meaning, so much importance, uh, especially in a close game. That's right. It, it does. And I don't know the, the pitchers to me. So as far as the batters go, I think when you step up to the plate, you do it occasionally during the game and you know, you're under the gun now for like a minute or two. Right. So mm-hmm. it's almost like a shift in hockey or something like that. Like you step onto the ice and you're there for like 45 seconds to a minute. Like, like the batter knows he, he, he has time in the batter's box to wait, to watch the batters in front of batter in front of him. And then you step in and even with the pitch clock, you're like, okay, the adrenaline's going like, I'm here. I'm here for, yeah. I'm here for three pitches. I'm here for six pitches, whatever, but I'm here. The, I don't think the at bat, the at bat can get away on you a bit, but I think the pitcher, like, like I said, like when these pitchers start getting shelled where it's just like hit, hit, walk hit and it's you need time or you wish you had time to catch your breath i don't feel i don't mind the rule changes like it happens in other sports all the time we see a quarterback getting blitzed and he just all he wishes is he had another timeout but he doesn't have a timeout to call and he doesn't have time to really gather himself or a hockey team hemmed in their own end and all they'd love to do is ice the puck but they can't get the puck to ice the puck and they're stuck and they got to keep defending and hope that that to me that's what the pitchers feel like when they're under attack and it's been like like i say like walk walk hit hit and it's like they need to catch their breath and they can't I don't know and that's going to impact different pitchers differently but maybe Lance Lynn is someone who that's impacting I think as the season goes along it'll be interesting to see the data and see if certain pitchers this year are more susceptible to the big inning because all it takes is one like four run inning to just ruin your start yeah one four run inning and you you have a bad start I wonder and that was Lance Lynn last night he was cruising and then all of a sudden I was watching the game and flipping back and forth between hockey and baseball, he was cruising, and then all of a sudden he's down four two. Yeah, and you know, like I said, it could have been worse, but for yes. Luis Robert yes. robbing him Absolutely. of that home run, yep. uh, that is the lower fences in Toronto. I mean, there is a trade off there every once yep. in a while. You get some some home runs out of Rob Kiermaier's done it a couple times too, so mm-hmm. uh, it's natural that Luis Robert can take care of that too. Uh, is it Robert or Robert? I forget. It's Robert again, isn't it? I'm sorry, I always keep saying. I'm Robert, still but... saying Robert. Um... I'll I gotta look this up because that's annoying. I, I I need to get pronunciations right. That's on me. But anyway, I've, I've got Robert in front of me right now. I don't know. Yeah. Um. I got Robert. I think yeah. Robert. Baseball reference. This says Robert. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've jumped back and forth on that one too. It's like sometimes when you just you're wrong. You're not sure if you're wrong. You can't just nail down which one's right. Now I've kind of settled on. I've, I think I've got it in my head. Yeah. Robert. I wonder. Don't you call him Robert. Going back to the pitcher issue and yeah. the time clock and all that, physical fitness matters a little bit yep. more too. You know, being you able saying, to recover. What are you saying about Lance Lynn? <laughs> I'm not saying about anybody. I'm talking about Jeff Erickson being out of shape. But uh, yeah, you know that, that that the whole point though is, you know, cardio matters maybe a little bit more. Legs. I mean, pitchers are. Remember, pitchers are supposed to generate all this power from their legs in the first place. There. That's why, like in spring training, you used to see them running laps on the track after their outing. Sometimes, remember, you used to see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Did you? Uh, but I did. Um, yeah. I never see that anymore, but I, cause they have other places they can work on that and better ways of doing it. But point mm-hmm. being is, you know, that all that matters. Uh, yeah. So we talked a little Lance Lynn, 
Jose Arquiti got bombed by the Rays, and he's another guy that is a he's kind of in the Michaelis mode where he's not a pure strikeout guy. Mm-hmm. And he's had some other bad outings this year. I'm kind of getting long term nervous about Jose Arquiti. Um, yeah, I, I can understand that. I mean, going into yesterday, started at a 366 ERA, but his whip was high. I shouldn't put too much into ERA. I know that, but um, yeah, he's had some bad starts for sure. He has a six inning shutout at Pittsburgh. Uh, and he's got a nice start, good start, not incredible, but a good start at Minnesota. But other than that, yeah, they've been bad. Home to the White Sox, bad. Home to Toronto, bad. Yesterday at Tampa, bad. His schedule hasn't been the easiest. He's like, but um, yeah, I, I can understand being a little bit worried about him. He doesn't generate a lot of strikeouts, like you said, like Michaelis. So now you take the shift away uh, to help him out, and you know maybe maybe he needed that shift because he can't generate get those outs on his own. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. uh, and it, it's one seventy five whip. You, yeah. You know twenty. You know, I guess the strikeout rate it could be a little, little worse than I thought it was, but because last year he only struck out one hundred thirty four and one hundred sixty four innings, so you know you, you're realizing that. I mean, I, I they miss. I mean, the Astros aren't really all there right now. I mean, they had a great weekend in Atlanta. They swept the Braves, but you know, Gordon Alvarez goes back. We haven't even talked to Gordon Alvarez yet, but he he's. Missing tonight's game as well as he missed mm-hmm. yesterday's game with the neck injury. Uh, that That's an issue. That's a definite real issue. Uh, we've got Ryan Presley, who has one save this year and didn't pitch on set and Sunday because he was unavailable because he was a little sore. I, I'm I'm nervous about Ryan Presley. Oh, yeah. Uh, just before we leave Rikidi, I to throw some things in his favor as a baby by low. His XERA is the lowest of his career right now. Really? Um, okay. The walk rate's up a bit, and the BABIP's been bad for him. Three seventy-seven. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm not worried. The XERA, I will say, is the only one that actually really is in his favor. His FIP, his XFIP, those all kind of make him look bad. So, just depends which stat you want to grab, but. Yeah, I, I, I would consider buying quite low on Arkady. Anyways, back to what you were saying. Ryan Presley, I, I mentioned this on Twitter at the beginning of the season. I think the first time you text or you tweeted about Ryan Presley, I mentioned that I had him in my most important league last year. He got me 33 saves and he frustrated the heck out of me all year because it was just one thing after another. He got 33 saves. That's amazing. Except when you Could look at the fact that, yes, yeah. that, the, that the Astros got like 20 saves or something like that. I think I remember telling, replying to your tweet saying, I think he got 62% of the Astros saves last year, which is not very good. But he got, but they were so good last year that he got 33 saves. Um, it just felt like last year with him, and it's already starting this year, that there was just always something. There was just a sore this or a sore that. And he managed to right. always, I feel like just bad luck, but he managed to always be sore right when they would win like three games in three days and need like three close games in three days. But he missed uh, about three weeks with a knee. He missed a couple weeks because of his neck. They weren't huge IL stints, but they seemed to fall. Unfortunately, when the team got a lot of save chances, there was also some day to day stuff throughout the year. This has already started this year. I just worry he was not on my do not draft list, but I kind of put him at the back end of that closer tier that everybody sure. was plucking closers from, which almost made him like a do not draft for me. Um, I just worry that he's just someone where there's just going to always be something off right. and on it, all year. And maybe he finishes the year this year with 24 saves, which is okay, but it's not, it's not great. I don't know. I just, that's what I worry about with him. 
And this is twice now where he's been unavailable and we haven't known yep. until after the fact. Yep. That was what it was like. That's what it would be like last year. Like I, I felt like there were so many nights last year where I would go through the box scores, you know, maybe at 1030 or 11 o'clock at night. And of course I'd see Montero save or Nara save. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. So then you go to Twitter and you search Ryan Presley and it's something like you said, like, stiff neck, you know, back tightened up or something like that in the warm ups, just something. It was yeah, he's a good reliever and they're a good team. And he'll probably be okay, but yeah, I would be a little worried. I yeah. and I can't figure out who the next closer is on that team right now. I think it's a Brayu, but I think it's a share. I think it's him. I think yeah. it's Montero. I think those are the next two, but I I think it'll be a, sh- a, a, a sh- timeshare of some sorts, but I think Abreu is the one that's pitching better right now. Yeah, and they went to him yeah. on Sunday when he and Montero were both available. Yeah, he did get a couple saves, but I wouldn't if if Presley were to go on the IL. I don't think it'll be Abreu the whole time. Like I just think Montero got 14 saves last year and pitched really well for them. And this year Montero's been fine. He like his whip's a little high, but whatever. It's nine innings. Like he's mm-hmm. he's been fine this year. Um, so I I can't see them just saying. Oh, you don't close for us at all. Um, and even Naris has been good this year, like good enough. Like, he's been a little fortunate, but he's got a 12 to two strikeout to walk. He's got a save two this year. Yep. Um, he's been fine too. And he got three saves last year. So I just feel like I, yeah, if, if I, so like my advice to someone who has Presley, I don't know if I have any, I don't know which one of the guys I would really, would really pick up. Abreu is striking out a ton of batters, which is awesome. He's been the best yeah. so far. And, and if it, even if it is, a, and even if it isn't Breu, I mean, I think that his margin for error is pretty small. He put two guys on against the Braves on Sunday, and Montero was warming up in the bullpen. Then Breu got the double play, yeah. got the got the next out, got the save. But the fact is, you know, it, Dusty thought it was worth his time to have another reliever at the ready. So it just shows, you know, that Mart and it, plus it was back to back days for Breu. So it might have been just like, okay, well, you're going to have a shorter lease because you pitched yesterday too. So. It might yeah. just be that they, they share it all around. All right. Let's talk about some guys that played well yesterday. And no, right off the top, you got to talk Spencer Strider. Yeah. So I asked, I posed you this question in our notes. If, if, if there was a draft tonight, an NFBC draft on April 25th, where does he land among starting pitchers? Second? First? I, I think it's he or Cole. It's got to be one of those two, right? I think, I think, I think, so. I think he's, he's really past now. Burns. And he's leapfrogged DeGrom, too, if anyone was thinking DeGrom, because DeGrom's healthy. And the whole, like, a healthy DeGrom's better than any pitcher, which is maybe still true, but a Strider's put up a good case to say, you know, maybe a healthy me is just as good as as DeGrom. It's hard to it's hard to get on DeGrom in his 43-3 to strikeout-to-walk ratio. Uh, so yeah, far. I was just going to say, how's that windfall on labor treating you right now? Uh, so far, so good. Well, I have the two of them. I have Strider <laughs> and DeGrom, and my team's still not that good because I have no power and last in home runs. Ooh. Um but at least I can pitch as long as DeGrom and Strider stay healthy. Anyways, three to three. That's that. And keep in mind, he got hit on opening day and he's still yeah. got a 0.79 whip. Yeah. So you're feeling pretty, pretty, pretty good. Yeah, with but DeGrom I would still, right I think I would take Strider over him right now just because I still have the injury concerns about DeGrom holding up. Yeah. And Strider, yeah. I mean, it's just, he's got a streak of nine K's or more. That's like what? Nine yeah, games now start so far. Yeah. Yep. And that's, that's incredible. 13 yesterday, yeah. uh, one air and one weak contact single. Before, you know, he was carrying, otherwise he would have been carrying a perfect game into the ninth, I think. Ta- yeah. Tossed eight scoreless. 
uh, 49 to 11 in his right. He, you know, Strider did have like a, a shaky start against San Diego. I yeah. think that wasn't a great start, but who cares? It was one shakyish start. And he'll take the 49 Ks. That's pretty amazing. And he, he doesn't give up homers either. No. So, for example, comparing him and Cole, they've made the same amount of starts, and Strider has 13 more strikeouts already. I mean, Cole actually, Cole's been great. I, if anyone wanted to take Cole, I'd be like, I wouldn't argue that at all. In fact, I might take Cole. I don't know. I'd have to really think about it. But Strider, yeah, like has a significant strikeout advantage right now. The innings concern, the innings will be a thing for Strider is how high will the Braves let him go? Are they going to yeah. let him throw 180 innings? Are they going to let him yep. throw 185 innings? I, I don't know. But right now, he leads the majors in strikeouts. He's got six more than DeGrom, eight more than Kevin Gosman, 10, more than ever, 10 or more, more than everyone else. Cole's got four more innings than Strider. It's not really that big of a difference. No, it's Cole, not. Cole had the one one complete game, but then he went five and two-thirds against the Jays on, uh, on, on Sunday. And, you know, he, his pitch count was in the high 90s in that one. So it wasn't like he was really laboring. But then again, yeah. I mean, Cole, though, 0.79 ERA, 0.79 whip. You'll take that. I mean, Cole has not given awesome. up a home run yet after giving up 33 of them last year. So we'll just see as, uh, you know, as spring progresses, the weather warms up, how that all holds up. But like Cole gives, Cole gives up home runs. Like, yep. <laughs> that's always been a thing in his career. And he's great despite giving up some home runs. Lots of pitchers are, uh, can he, can he actually give up say this year, only 18 home runs, 20 home runs? I doubt it. I think at some point we see some correction to that, but that's okay. Yeah. He's still really good. Even when that happens. Yep. Yeah. Now, I think the bigger question is, knowing what's happened to your your starters so far, are you more inclined to take that ace in the first and second round? Oh, I think yes. I think yes. I, I'd have to go back a little bit and look at, like I'm kind of looking at it right now, anecdotally, the hit rate. So obviously, I well, I would rather, I would take, if we were drafting today, now that we've seen some of this year, Spencer Strider's a top, 12 draft pick, something like that, don't you think? Top 10 or 12 draft pick, him and Cole? Yeah, I think so. I think they have to be. There's so many bad starters. There's so many starters who are struggling. Like, like you take out, like, Nola has a high ERA. Alcantara has a high ERA. Like, like when you take those guys out, I think the ones who you're not really worried about injury anymore than the average starter, and they're pitching really well, I think they have to be. Maybe that's the lesson we should look back on, is maybe Strider and Cole should have been picked even earlier. Yeah, and, and they—that's why you see it in the main event. You see these aces getting pushed yeah. up, uh, and there were, to be fair, there were some people that were taking Strider in the first round already. Um, yep, and he, he really they, surged late in draft season. Yep, and to those who who had that vision, good for you. I mean, you saw it. Yeah. Um, if and I don't mean that good for yeah. you flippantly, I mean like no. good on you, well done. Yeah. Um, because I mean that that that's such a huge advantage. Like uh, you know. If you've got a couple of aces right now, a couple of guys that you know are rocks right now, I mean, it's so nice. Because you know what you can do then is you can go with some an extra reliever out there and not start these crappy starters that are killing us all the time. Absolutely. And that's a thought that I've been starting to have more in the last week or so. Like my general approach usually is to use a fair amount of starters early in the season because they're going to run out. They're going to get hurt and the replacements aren't going to be viable. So I can always pivot to some middle relievers in the summer. There's just always like Eric Swanson type sitting on waivers, right? If you just want to grab someone who, you know, is an eighth inning guy on a team, maybe hope at some point you just happen to have one of those on your roster when the closer on his team gets hurt and maybe get some saves. But I've usually used starters early in the season. Well, the, 
you know, as many starters as possible are healthy, but I'm starting to wonder if it's time to stop using some of these lower cough, cough, Cal Quantrill starters and start going to some relievers. And you're right. If you have some strider types who get you a lot of strikeouts, it's easier to pivot to those relievers and still stay afloat. Right. I mean, then you go out and you get like Cano from Baltimore, who's not allowed a base runner this year. Right. Just got a save last night, nine K's and in seven innings. Now it's six games and in seven innings. I mean, he, he, and he didn't have that track record of being that good before. In fact, he met, hit the majors last year in 1150 ERA. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was awful last year. Absolutely. And, the year, and he's 29 he's, years old. I mean, where did yeah. this come from? Yeah. Uh, but that, but that's kind of the point though, too, is like these, you know, relievers you can find like that. Uh, he will be added in some leagues after this, after seeing what yep. a great start he's had. Um, and then you just stash him and you get, maybe you pick up the save when Bautista is not available or you get a win or you get something like that. Now, granted, it, it could just be just a little bit of a heat or two, but let's, let's maybe pump our brakes just a little bit given the individual circumstances on Cano. But the point is those relievers are out there. Um, we, we, and that way you don't really have to sweat it when they don't get get saves. I mean, you get a save every once in a while and you get good innings. And you know, that that you know, in, in weeks where you don't have that good you know, a good start, you know, instead of forcing a bad two-step where one of the games is good and one of the games is bad, you just okay, well, I'll just I, I won't worry about that as much. That's right. Um, one of the things I'm also tracking this year, and I'm interested to see where it all goes, is uh, wins and mm-hmm. how many wins starters get. Um, one of the things that can happen with these big innings and pitcher blowups is it could lead, we'll see, but it could lead to starters getting a higher percentage of the wins than they've got the last few years. Because obviously yeah. if the game just plods along like two to two until the late innings, the starter's not getting the win. But when every time Lance Lynn or Chris Sale gets gets blown up, pretty sure and the it- other starter is going to get a win. So yeah. I'm interested to see that. Like we already have a few starters with four wins in April. That's, you know, they've still maybe got time for another, maybe they can even squeeze in a fifth win in April. Mm-hmm. We've got plenty of starters with three, all of the wins leaders right now, Kyle Nelson on Arizona somehow has three wins, but other than that, all in relief, by the way. Yeah, that's sorry. That's what I meant to say. He has three wins in relief. No one else has more than two. Um, I don't know. I'm interested to see where the win totals go this year, because again, this is kind of anecdotal and just me kind of thinking the new rules as we wade through them this year. But if we have more starters getting blown up, we should also have a few more starter wins where the person on the other side just kind of goes ass backwards into getting a win. They just don't pitch that great, but the other guy got blown up. So, so you get a win. So I'm interested to see where that all goes as the season goes along, because if, if the starters are getting a lot of wins, then you have to wade into the starter pool maybe a little bit more than if they're not. That's true. Yeah, it's absolutely true. A couple other good starts before we get us log off here. Sonny Gray shut down the Yankees. And he's got like a 074 ERA this year. Are you buying on the new improved Sonny Gray? Um, Yeah, I think to some degree, uh, like obviously he's he's got a 93.5 strand rate, so that's not going to continue. But you know, his, I'm not buying him as new and improved necessarily. Like his I know. strikeout I know. rate's I good. But what I was going to say is I've always felt like when Sonny Gray pitches, he usually pitches pretty well. Like his career mm-hmm. ERA is 350. Like that's it's just a question of staying healthy, right? Absolutely. That's that's how I feel about it. Like I think, yeah, I think Sonny Gray could be 
could be a really useful starter. His career whip is 1.21. And some of that higher stuff was a little earlier in his career. And, you know, he's in Cincinnati, which was a tough place to pitch. Like I think a healthy Sonny Gray could give you a low three ZRA and a whip below 1.2 and be really valuable. It's just going to be a matter of how many innings he throws. He's someone who I have no shares of because I didn't give him a high innings pitch total. Uh, But I'm not against the thought that if, that he could be, like a number two or three mixed league starter, if he can throw 160, 165 innings this year, it's just hard to say because the last time he threw that was last time he threw, say a lot of, last time he threw a good amount of innings was 2019 before that he did it in 2017. He was a workhorse back in 2014 and 15 for Oakland, but there's been a fair amount of injuries in there. I love Sonny Gray. Um, yeah. I, I, I have him in a couple of the, my main event leagues and yeah, you're getting 135 innings. You're in one, yeah. 140, and you're happy yep. with it there, yep. pretty much. I, you know, I liked him even on the Reds. I liked him, you know, and again, it was the same issue all along. Uh, you get your 130, 135, and maybe you're lucky. You this is the year you get 150. Great. Uh, he it's ironic that he turned his career around in Cincy after not being able to handle New York or how New York screwed him up a little bit. There, there's a lot of different mm-hmm. narratives as far as that go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Happy to see him beat the Yankees too. That was nice. And on a day where he, he mitigated a lot of the damage I had when I was in leagues where I had Lodolo or Keedy or any, any of those other disaster starts, at least Sonny Gray was there. That was pretty nice. Other people had Alex Cobb. Alex Cobb was really good yesterday. Complete game shutout against the Cardinals. Yeah, and I'm always the guy recommending Alex Cobb. There's another guy just like Sonny Gray. I had a lot of Alex Cobb last year. I have none this yep. year. It's because oh, of course. I- it's because I predict, but it's because I predicted a low innings pitch total because he is often injured. Uh, we'll see where it all goes, but it's the same thing as last year. Like his FIPS are almost the identical last year. This year, it's just the ERA is about two runs different because he's had a little bit of better batted ball luck so far this year. Strand rate luck this year, but Alex Cobb is a is a pretty good pitcher. He's just struggles to stay healthy. He's yep. just like Sonny Gray. If you if you drafted them both, you're off to a great start. We'll just see where it's at in July and if they're both healthy for you. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that's right. And yeah. hey, you, you were talking about uh, Bailey Ober earlier. I mean, yeah. the Twins probably will have some injured pitchers. Bailey Ober is a good pitcher, and yes. I, you know, I, I'm I'm really frustrated that he's getting sent down. But then I look at their rotation. I'm like, okay, unless they go six man, what are they? Who's he going to replace? You're waiting for Maeda or, or Gray to break down, basically. Maeda. Uh, or or Mali. Mali's been known to break down. Yeah, too. yeah. Oh, yeah. how about Pablo Lopez? That guy can break down. Yeah. So, so I they got a team full of guys it, like it'll that. happen. My eight is the one I really have my eye on, and I have a share or two of him. But this year has been he's pitched fine, but this year has been like like he's almost been day to day the whole season. Exactly. With, he's already he's been com- pushed back a couple of times. He had right, a comebacker that hit him, and he's coming off injury and. Like I would not be surprised in the next couple of weeks to see Maeda land on the IL and then over gets a rotation spot. That doesn't mean he keeps it when Maeda is ready to come back. But, you know, like we talked about with Taj Bradley, like it could just cycle through. I think Bailey Ober makes this year 20 starts. I think he makes 20 starts in the majors this year. It's got to get going if that's going to get there. I think, but it, yeah. I think it will. I think, I think it could be like in and out a bit, but then eventually – just odds are one of these guys has a long-term injury and then he's just in the rotation. Yeah. I'm still like, stashing him in labor because I can't even keep six healthy reserves right now. It's ridiculous right. on this league. But uh, anyhow, um, I would stash Bailey over even. If, I tried to pick him up in a couple of NFBCs and stashed him last weekend. Yeah. And I got out bid. Yeah, I can yeah. see it. 
I can yeah. definitely. See. I wasn't got willing that. to pay like I wasn't willing to pay like seventy bucks to stash him. I was willing to pay like twenty, thirty mm-hmm. since he's not even in the majors. But anyways, me being me being cheap was the common theme of my bidding last weekend. I did terribly, or I did cheaper well, than like, usual. In other words, yeah. You're I think I tried to I tried to finish second on um, Jaron Duran. Like I mm-hmm. did my try to finish second, not just price and force but really try to get them, but not totally sell out for them. And man, right. did I ever manage to finish second? I finished second for him in every league, but one. Oh, I no. won him in one league. Every other league, I finished second. Mission accomplished there. I was it's, not. It's a bit well done. Pleased. I was not pleased about that. And then everybody else, I tried to pick up. I tried to pick up Abreu kind of on the cheap. I tried to slide through Adam Adovino. I tried to slide through a lot of guys for cheap. and I didn't get any of them. It was one of my more frustrating weeks. It's like you scroll through the fab bids. I don't know how you look up at yours at the end, but I like to scroll through the bids and see who I won. Then I go look at my roster. I don't like to look at my roster first. I like to see the bids. And I start scrolling down the list and I'm like, wait a minute, did I submit any bids? And then I get down to like where it's, one dollar oh it's frustrating i like oh there's my guy yeah (laughs) you get choice seven and you really have a need to fill and like oh man i did not get i basically for a lot of my teams i did i did grab pavin smith on a couple teams because i knew they were going to coors and with jake mccarthy going down that might be even more helpful Uh, but but basically i grab i got like almost no help for my teams this week whatever i save money we'll see what's available next week indeed yeah indeed all right, you know, next week we're going to start on hitters because uh, they got short shrift today, but we got to sign out. Um, but, uh, hey, good stuff as always. Uh, thanks, everybody, for all the uh, the comments, all the listeners, all the live listeners. Really appreciate it there. Thanks to uh, all of our sponsors. Uh, always fun doing the podcast. Fred and I always have a good time doing this. Me too. So appreciate Absolutely. that. Uh, appreciate Rival Fantasy and Vivid Seats for their sponsorship as well, as well as the Blue Wire Network. Thanks for listening to Rotowire. James Anderson will be with you tomorrow. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.